Thank you, choir, Tim, Holly, Leslie, Amy, for your leadership and worship this morning. Amy has actually already preached the sermon and the pastoral prayer. So thank you. That was really good. You just did 30 minutes in three. It's so great to be here today. Uh, finish the sentence for me. I was glad when they said to me, I know I'm in a Baptist church because everybody knows their scripture. Some of the Methodist churches I've been in, they just look at me when I do that. You know, I do drive out twice a month to a, uh, a small church in Smith County. And the name of the church is Double Church. Now, it's double church because on the first and third Sundays, it's United Methodist. And on the second and fourth Sundays, it's Baptist. So, thank goodness down there, there's enough Baptists who come to the Methodist service that I can do these kinds of back and forths. I see so many familiar faces and it is such a joy and a privilege to be here. Jeff, thank you for the invitation. Some of you may have uh, read in the, the bulletin or, or heard that my wife, Connie, who's uh, a United Methodist pastor, has been uh, consecrated as a bishop in the United Methodist Church. Uh, so she will be moving to Raleigh, North Carolina in uh, a few weeks. Uh, her official start date is January the 1st. I will be uh, here through the academic year at Millsaps College and at Double Church. So uh, I do covet your prayers for us in this transition. We have spent two different stints in North Carolina, so we feel like boomerangs in a whirlwind. It has been a trip. Now, you know, it's pretty obvious if you go to Northminster's website that this church is liturgical. And being a liturgical church, you actually go by the lectionary. I've always been a lectionary preacher. And I, uh, I've, I've always said that when you preach from the lectionary, it keeps the preacher honest because you can't just take passages that are comfortable and you can't just get on a, a pet peeve and beat everybody up over your pet peeve or whatever. Oh, why do I have the lectionary today? <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> do we have anybody here who... Uh, remembers the coasters if you if you remember the coasters would you raise your hand please all right you can join me i'm going to start off with the chorus and then you can join me and like a lot of churches we're going to do just the first and third verse first and third verse we'll take out the papers and the trash or you don't get no spending cash if you don't scrub that kitchen floor you ain't gonna rock and roll no more, yakety yak. Don't talk back. 
Just finished cleaning up your room. Let's see that dust fly with that broom. Get all that garbage out of sight. Or you don't go out Friday night. Yakety yak, don't talk back. Don't you give me no dirty looks. Your father's hip, he knows what cooks. Just tell your hoodlum friend outside, you ain't got time to take a ride. Yakety yak, don't talk back. Y'all gonna double my salary now? This mid-1950s song is a parody of a parent telling their youngster who's obsessed with rock and roll to do their chores and don't talk back. And back when I was reared, when I asked the question why of my parents, the retort was, because I said so, don't talk back. If you talk back, you got punished. Now, the youngster obsessed with technology today and social media that is at their fingertips actually has a platform dedicated to talking back. Its draw is that you can talk back and remain anonymous. No consequences for the talk back. No punishment for you. Say what you want. Hide behind free speech regardless of what you say. The consequences for others may be devastating. But that does not matter. This app on the cell phone it's called Yit Yak, where everybody is free to talk back. Anybody here familiar with Yit Yak? Oh boy, there's a lot of people. Y'all need to get up with things now. <laughs> Yit Yak was launched in 2013. It swept the nation as it became popular across college campuses and high schools and even middle schools. The app allows the users to post messages anonymously on its platform and anybody within a five mile radius of the user can read what is there and they can then vote the comment up or vote it down. What a great way to complain about cafeteria food for those who have never been concerned about where they might get their next meal. After all, complaining about cafeteria food is a student's God-given right. <laughs> In April 2017, the company announced that the app would be shutting down following a decline in its usership. Why would it decline? Well, before shutting down, Yik Yak was the subject of too much hate speech and cyberbullying across high school and college campuses. 
And now, after a four-year break, Yik Yak is back. And the new owners are promising to take a stronger stance against abuse. Yikity Yak, I'm talking back. Hate speech, rumor mongering, and bullying. We have actually handed over our catechesis for the things about our faith. The words that cultivate, the words that embody, the words that bear witness to others of our faith, we have now had to hand over to a social media platform. In the 1950s, when this song, Yickety Yak, Don't Talk Back, came out, 1954, 55, 56. Anybody here graduate in 1954, 55, 56 from high school? We well, got some. Did you ever sing this song? You didn't sing this song? That's because you were taught not to talk back. But back in the 1950s, people did not like being told what to do especially young folk, and it's the same today. We don't like being told what to do. And I would hold that our listening skills and our self-awareness is diminishing daily. We are not interested in listening to each other. We're not interested in listening to each other for the benefit of the other, especially if the other is not of my tribe. I once told a man, well, I told a group, and it was at a Baptist church. I told a group that, uh, that we should limit our listening to cable news network to 15 minutes a day. You get all you need off of your favorite cable news network in 15 minutes. After that, it's just a loop. And I had a medical doctor who told me, you know, Joey, it's a mental health issue. And after I spoke, a man came up to me, and you know how when you're really mad, when your blood pressure has gone way up, the veins pump in your neck? If you're self-aware, you'll know when you're really upset, you'll feel the veins pumping in your neck. And he told me that I was the problem with society because society needed to be well informed. So I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. For every minute that you watch cable news and that I watch cable news, every minute we do that, let's covenant to read the scriptures. And for every minute that you watch cable news, and I watch cable news, let's covenant 
to pray. Asking God to reveal to us what the scriptures are saying about the current events that we're watching on cable news. He said, that's impossible. If I did a minute for all three of those, that would be 15 hours in the day. I said, maybe that's what it means to pray without ceasing. We've handed over our catechesis to others. And what Jesus is trying to do is to talk to the people about what it means to live together even when times are hard. If I have power over you, it seems today it's my way or the highway. And if I don't have power over your personage, then I can go on social media and remain anonymous and spew venom in the social world by attacking your personhood. Yickety-yack. Don't talk back. We may think our bullhorn or anonymity doesn't have personal consequences, or we may be well aware that they have consequences, but words always create consequences, whether they are set out in public, whether they're written and signed, whispered in an ear, or released from a secret sanctuary or anonymous source. Words matter. James spent a lot of time talking about that in his little letter. Yakety yak or yik yakking is always a matter of revealing our heart. What we say, whether it's anonymous or public, reveals our heart and our soul and our mind. And for millennia, there have been doomsday deceivers, false messiahs, end-of-time predictors. There have been wars and uprisings and rumors. Eugene Peterson translates it as, all of this is routine history. Nation fights nation. Rulers fight rulers over and over again. Earthquakes happen all over the world, over and over again. Famines are occurring as we speak, with countless people having no access to any food, much less a cafeteria full of it. And most physical famines are results of our wars and our own self-interests. We know plagues and pandemics are real. And it seems the very sky is falling. And I'm not just talking about a 401k falling or midterm grades or elections in school or politics. The sky is falling. I'm not just talking about our extreme busyness and devastating loneliness or the famine that starves our quality of relationships or shaking ecosystems or pundits who profit from fear-mongering as wildfires burn and glaciers melt. 
Nothing like having some light Bible reading for Sunday service. I know some of you are saying Methodists are supposed to be preaching about grace and all that kind of stuff. We are. We'll get there in a moment. But the great temporal temples of our lives will one day be destroyed just like the one in Jerusalem. None of this lasts forever. And we today are well-versed in gloom and doom. We are well-versed in hate speech and bullying. And if you don't believe it, I'm a United Methodist. We have made it into an art form. We have refined the art of yakety-yak and yit-yakking all in the name of Jesus. Not only in the United Methodist Church, but across American Christianity. Choose your ism and you can spew hate as long as it is in the name of Jesus. God bless America. We can weaponize the name of Jesus. We can nationalize the name of Jesus. We can prosecute and persecute in the name of Jesus. And we have the power and freedom to do so. But we also have the power and freedom to resist evil, to resist injustice, and to resist oppression in whatever forms they present themselves because of God's grace. We can make God as vengeful and hateful and retributive as we like, but regardless of our public platform or our complete anonymity, God knows our heart. And as our nation and as my denomination rises against itself, I ask, is there hope for a bald man like me? Didn't you read something about the hair on our heads? That God, not a hair on your head will perish? I won't tell you the joke that people use against me on my hair. Well, I will tell this one. Leah Hendricks is sitting there. One day, Tal was at the playground. He was asking Cobb to behave. And Cobb said, was doing something, I don't know. And, and Tal said, Cobb, every time that you don't obey me, some of my hair falls out. I baptized Cobb. Cobb said, well, I guess nobody listens to Pastor Joey. <laughs> this nice Bible reading today is sure to get me disinvited in the future from Northminster. But remember, Northminster, you go by the lectionary and by accident, I tried to slip in the wrong lectionary text. So blame it on Major Treadway. 
he is off with the young folk, and he called the mistake to my attention. He said, Joey, this text has already been preached, and it's already been preached by a Methodist. And I'm yik-yakking, but I'm not anonymously yik-yakking. So give me some credit, please. Even if I did throw Major under the bus. At the end of the day, at this point in my life, I have never been arrested because of Jesus' name. Some of you may have been arrested in the civil rights movement. Some of you may know people that were arrested because they were doing what they thought Jesus had called them to do. Some of us didn't like what they were doing. Rumors, conflicts, yik-yakking. I guess I have been persecuted before. One time somebody wrote a letter to the bishop and they signed it. They wanted to have me removed from Galloway United Methodist Church. They said I was a poor preacher. They said that the youth group wasn't growing because of me. And generally they could not find one redeeming quality about me. It happens. I know Chuck Poole. We're friends. I'm so glad he never had anybody who was upset with him. You know, there's even a book that's been written called Clergy Killers about people who are never, ever happy with the church and they're never, ever happy with the preacher and they make it their life's mission to complain and be cynical about everything. And then when the preacher's blood pressure goes up and they get prone to stroke or heart attack, sometimes it has dire consequences. Our words and the way that we speak to people and what we think and the way we act have consequences. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Do our words reflect the creating God? And the Word became flesh. The Word was light, and the darkness, here's the good news, the darkness cannot overcome the Word. You know why we get upset in church especially or in society? Because of change. We don't like change. If change is bad, it stresses us out. If change is good, it stresses us out. Change is hard. And when change happens, we strike back. We either strike back are we freeze? Are we flee?
That's our genetic makeup. But finally, the good news. Even in the midst of routine history, even in the midst of war and famine and pandemics and harmful words, God knows our hearts and God is with us. We are about to get to Advent, Emmanuel, which means what, people? God is with us. And God is love. God is for us. That's what love means. I am for you. God is for us. And we are made male and female in the image of God. Jesus completed his mission on earth to the point of death on a cross, and Jesus defeated death itself in the resurrection. Jesus gifted us with the Holy Spirit who is in and among us, strengthening us to love our neighbors and ourselves just as God loves us, and we love God back. This love that says we are for each other means that we are for one another who are in this sanctuary, for those who are across town, for those who are across the state, and for those, as we say at Millsaps College, across, around, I don't even know what it is, across the street and around the globe. We are supposed to be for each other if we are loving God and our neighbor as ourselves. And this is not a pie-in-the-sky, naive love. The scripture tells us today that it's not. That it's hard. Sometimes it's smelly. Sometimes our own family members will be against us. But it is Christ's love that strengthens us. Jesus taught us that when the stakes are high, when opinions vary, when emotions run hot, we are commissioned in our baptism not to agree with everybody, but to lean into the conversation so that we might, as Crucial Conversation says, share a deeper pool of meaning, a deeper pool of shared meaning, which I would say is a reflection of God's love in our hearts and in our mind and in our strength. To endure in the midst of difficulty in the name of love and our common humanity to reflect the incarnation of Jesus and to open our spirits to his spirit. And the text today says that he has promised to give us words, to give us words, and to give us 
wisdom. To give us wisdom in our words that reflect God's goodness. Words and wisdom that hate mongers cannot withstand or contradict. Words that reflect the fruit of the Spirit. Words that reflect love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, generosity, and let's hear it, drum roll, self-control. Even in our speech. Such words and wisdom birthed of grace empower us to flourish. Even if we are betrayed, we can flourish. Even if we are hated, we can flourish. Even if we are put to death for, for the flourishing of the kingdom, not a hair of our heads will perish. We're not talking about that which has already fallen out. Not a hair of our head will perish, Jesus says, through the salvation power, the recurring power, the enduring power of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Friends, that is good news because life always happens. And Emmanuel, in the midst of it all, God is with us. And may we, in our speech, in our hearts, in our minds, in our strength, bear witness to a hurting, pandemic, plague-filled world. This love. Yakety-yak. Yit-yak. May God's love pierce hate and build the newness of grace even above old ruins. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, all of God's people said, Amen. you to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's church during this time of response.